Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today again with Ray. Hey. And uh, we're going through Hebrews 8, uh, through Hebrews, the end of Hebrews 10. Uh, the same disclaimer goes into effect today as it did yesterday. These are good passages to go back and read for yourself. Uh, so don't skip over the reading today. Don't, don't, uh, just don't go off of what we say. Go back and read it for yourself. See what you think. But, uh, Ray, as we're reading over this, what was, what was some of the stuff that stuck out to you? Um, well, there was a lot within, uh, these few chapters. How many chapters we got here? One or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, in chapter 10, when, uh, he's making the claim or he or she, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Was making the claim uh, that Christ's sacrifice was uh, once and for all. Um, to me, that, that just points to the reality. I mean, obviously, back in the Old Testament, the reality of the end, uh, how should I say this, um, just what kind of hope do you have? Um, I feel like there's a great word to, to put all this together. I can't think of it. But the hope that we have trans, um, contrasted with the would it even be hope if they had to continually, continually go before, like the priest having to go before God with such precision mm. Ooh, and maybe not even make it out of the the uh, tabernacle alive, you know, or behind the veil. And now he just made this one sacrifice. And where it really, so it kind of just starts out in Hebrews 10, 1, but re- where it really kind of came to life for me was um, in verse 17. Well, I get actually 16 through 18 is a new covenant that he's making. And he will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. So when sins have been forgiven, it's like done. It's it's said and done. Um, and so that for us should be an enormous, an enormous. I guess if our if we put our faith in the reality of that. The hope that we sh- that should come from that is just mind blowing. You know, such comfort, such assurance that he, like, he's not thinking about those sins that this priest needs to go before me at the end of the year again, mm-hmm. or else mm-hmm. I'm going to do such and such to you. And I wonder if that is the thought process of us today more often than not mm. as believers. So I wrote down this question, what's our now action, or more so, what's our now posture or confession of faith in, re- in the reality of that? If, if he's telling us where we stand, where do we actually think that we, what's our hope in? Are we able to like rest in the fact that, yeah. that, that it was actually a once and for all thing? Yeah. 
Yeah. Or are we in fear of this God? Yeah. Who's ready to strike me down? It makes me think of uh, a couple of years ago, I got to visit Israel. And in Israel, you can go to Samaria. And in Samaria, like like the Good Samaritan story, like mm-hmm. that that's there. The people still believe very similar things that they did then. Mm-hmm. But they have a they have like a temple mm-hmm. and they offer sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was is mm-hmm. very overwhelming mm-hmm. to visit this place because you you go down to like their you know their city center where they do their sacrifices. Mm-hmm. There's feathers everywhere, there's like fur everywhere, and there is blood everywhere. And it's it's mm-hmm. like so core to who they are. Like it's very important to them to offer sacrifices. Actually, it's so important to them to offer sacrifices. They made sure that they built the elementary school next to the courtyard where they offer <laughs> the sacrifices so that the kids can watch. Um, but imagine. Yeah, it is. It's and it, it's it's very overwhelming to be yeah. there. Um, but imagine the kind of life where your existence, your right standing with God is based on what happens in that city center with that goat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and like, mm-hmm. it, it, there, there are people whose lives are completely built on this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting. We don't, we don't offer, you know, goats and sheeps and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sheeps, I shouldn't say sheeps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are times where we try to tack on like, mm-hmm. oh man, I, I, I need to do this. Like I just didn't do this right. Mm-hmm. And it, it is kind of subtracting from the fact that Jesus paid once or Jesus paid it all. Mm-hmm. Jesus paid it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that hope stands forever. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to, yeah. you know, we don't have to keep carrying goats down to the town square. Yeah. At, in verse two, it's at the end, it says there, well, because the, what does it say? The worshipers would have been purified once for all time. Yeah. And their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. That, the word guilt really stuck out because it seems to be such a prevalent yeah. word of today. I think um, I feel like that word popped up a couple times in this reading yeah, too, dude. actually. Yeah, dude. Being cleansed of guilt. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like I don't know, it's just something like for me, um, it just kind of makes me want to sit and meditate on uh-huh. this reality. You know, like all of these chapters we've been reading, like if, I don't know, like, it's okay, so like, is Jesus just like thinking like, man, if we would just think about it, like in Romans 6, it forget what verse early in the chapter, um, I think the word consider is in there. Consider yourselves to be dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And the word consider translated to mean think of yourself this way. Mm-hmm. Think, think, like, think of who you are and, like, stay, keep thinking yeah. about that. Yeah. And I was listening to the sermon that brought out that same concept of, like, just the main battle gets kind of tossed to and fro. At the point of, am I considering who I am versus am I led to believe different than yeah. who I am? And it's like Christ, like all this is laid out in, in Hebrews to just say, this is who you are. Just yeah, just just think about it. Just dwell on it. 
let's see ourselves in the light of Christ who paid the sacrifice. Yeah. Once and for all. Once and for all. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Mm. Yeah. So there's another thing that stuck out to me kind of as we've been on this journey, and we're we're in late December at this point, so we've been on this journey for a bit. Yeah, we are. Uh, but Hebrews 8, uh, verse 2, and this is talking about Jesus. There he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. If you've been listening or if you've been reading through the Bible this year, we've been on this journey of like, where is God's presence and where is forgiveness and atonement accomplished. Mm. And so we see it accomplished in like this little box. <laughs> we see it in a tent. Mm-hmm. We see it in this giant temple. Mm-hmm. We see it in this mm-hmm. second little bit more janky temple. But now we mm. see it in this uh, mm. glorious heavenly temple place of worship, a heavenly tabernacle um, where God is, God is desiring us to dwell with him. I think that's actually what the word tabernacle means. Mm-hmm. It means dwell. Mm-hmm. So God wants us in relationship with him. And now we see Jesus in heaven at the right hand of the father, allowing us to dwell together with God and, in, mm-hmm. and enjoy relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And our relationship with him has been completely changed uh, because we're not trusting a high priest, some, some guy that's, right. you know, in a long line of old guys. Right. Um, we have Jesus, and, and again, who, who who paid our ransom once and for all. We can trust Him. We can follow Him. And really, the gist of Hebrews, uh, for me, it's it's elevating Jesus to this incredibly high place that is like, man, Jesus is better than everything. Mm-hmm. And because of that, why would we ever give our lives to anything else? Mm-hmm. Um, because you'll get this, you'll get this um, message of perseverance. So clear, and I appreciate Chris has talked about how the the original audience would have been tempted on the regular to be carried away to some other way of thinking or brought into some other kind of religion. And so the author is heavy on their minds, and you see it in their language. Like, hey, stick to what's going on. Hold to this confident trust. Don't be drawn away. Mm. And I feel like it's a it's a it's a present message for us as well. Yeah. Like we have we have trusted this message. Once and for all, we know that Jesus gave his life and then he conquered death so that we could trust his payment. Just mm. keep persevering in that. In that, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah, that's really good. Maybe the perseverance is, focuses off at times. Yeah. What, what to persevere in. Yeah. You know, there's this song uh, we were singing the other week at the living room and this has been on my mind ever since and the title is too good to not believe and um the lyrics are literally like um like something something he did this don't you tell me he can't do it yeah and i was thinking about that within the aspect of things that we want god to do or think he should do and how that philosophy of ministry or philosophy of God is sometimes uh, distorted Mm. where our faith or our perseverance, the the hope that we have that draws out of us this perseverance, steadfastness, um, or long-suffering is this 
belief that he can, not necessarily a God, like, please do this thing, but in the God, like believing in the God who can do it. Mm -hmm. So if the theology of God is just in the fact that he is or he did, and so he can, it's not going to be wavered or distorted by the reality of the present moment mm -hmm. because then I'm placing conditions yeah. on him. So then my hope is like in the thing happening or yeah. the thing changing. So then it's like this, you know what I mean? Like it's distorted and it's like this clear picture in, in what, what you're saying. Like he's just drawing us to persevere because he's, a, he's, he's Jesus is, is greater. It's making me think of that uh, passage. I think it's in Habakkuk. That's like, like the prophet is in the midst of seeing like God's judgment on the nation. Right. right and he's basically right. saying like, Hey, I look out my window and there's not crops in the field right. and there's not sheep in the barn right. and there's not fruit on the vine. Mm. Even though I see that I will worship the Lord. Mm. Like, even though what I see seems terrible, I will continue to trust and continue to hope and to continue to believe in the Lord. Mm. And so it's this per perseverance of that, like, yeah, God can do this. Right. Right. So my present situation might not look like that. Right. But I know he can, and I know he will. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That's good, man. There is a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Hebrews <more>. guys, <laughs> Hebrews. And actually good news. We'll be back with more Hebrews tomorrow. Hey. So, uh, <laughs> Happy Hebrews. All right, guys. I think we're tapped out today. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, we'll be back then. Bye. Uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Here's the main point. We have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. There he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. And since every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifices, our high priest must make an offering too. If he were here on earth, he would not even be a priest, since there already are priests who offer the gifts required by the law. They serve in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the to the pattern I've shown you here on the mountain. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. For the, if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. But when God found fault with the people, he said, The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I turned back on them, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds 
and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means he has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and will soon disappear. That first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth. There were two rooms in that tabernacle. In the first room were a lampstand, a table, and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place. Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was the second room, called the most holy place. In that room, in that room were a gold incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the ark were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were certain cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the ark's cover, the place of atonement. But we cannot explain these things in detail now. When these things were all in place, the priests regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duties. But only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. This is an illustration pointing to the present time. For the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciences of the people who bring them. For that old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies. The physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With, with his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once and for all and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse the people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think of how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. And that is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance, eternal inheritance, God has promised for them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of, of the sins they committed, they had committed under that first covenant. Now when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that, that the person who made it is dead. The will goes into effect only after the person's death. While the person who made it is still alive, 
the will cannot be put into effect. That is why even the first covenant was put into effect with the blood of an animal. For after Moses had reached, had read each of God's commandments to the people, he took the blood of calves and goats, along with the water, and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using hyssop branches and scarlet wool. Then he said, this blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which were copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth, who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again, ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And, and just as each person, it, person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide the perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped, for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year, for it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why, when Christ came into the world, he said to God, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Then I said, Look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. First Christ said, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he said, Look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled, 
and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, This is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and raging fire that will consume his enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant, which made us holy as if it were common and unholy, and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge and I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Think back on the early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and you were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all, when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You know there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now, so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God on their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.